So I want to invite you right now to think about some good in your life, some gift, some blessing, some relationship or opportunity for which you are grateful, and how easily that might not have happened. What might your life be like if that one good thing had not entered into it? We are uh, uh, traveling together on the Gratitude Challenge, and we're learning to become more grateful people. This is something that we all know is needed in life. Most of us desire it. It's talked about a lot in Scripture. I want to uh, cite one verse right now. This is from Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Paul says uh, about people to whom the goodness of God, the wonder of life, the richness of it should be apparent. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. There is a connection, we'll talk about it more as we keep going along, between thinking and thanking. There was actually an old pietist expression that to think is to thank. One of the difficulties in our day is that we think wrongly about life. Secularism has taught us to think of creation, our lives, time as simply some neutral thing that is just there. And then individualism teaches us to focus on, am I gratified? Am I happy? Is the universe devoting itself to what I want to have happen? And so we think about it all wrong. Our thinking has become futile and our thinking does not lead to thinking. When thinking is done right, it leads to thinking. And I want to talk to you about this today through two old movies that feature an old movie star most of you will not know. His name was Jimmy Stewart. And one movie was a film called Shenandoah. My wife and I love that movie. He plays this crusty, cantankerous, old farmer, widower named Charlie Anderson. And there's a scene early on in the movie where his family is all together around the table And uh, he prays, and this is his prayer. Lord, we cleared this land. We plowed it. We sowed it. We harvested it. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't be eating it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel. But we thank you, Lord, just the same for the food we're about to eat. Amen. And it's kind of an unusual prayer, and it's pretty clear he's just going through the motions. What he perceives is that what he has in his life is what he has worked for and he has earned. And so gratitude is kind of a superficial obligation that he pays lip service to. The movie is set during the Civil War, and the family suffers greatly. He loses one child to an errant uh, shot from a Uh, faulty soldier and then he loses another son and a daughter-in-law and then he has a third son taken as a prisoner of war and he looks at the world differently and he recognizes now that it is much beyond his control and that he has been given gifts that he was not aware of and there's a scene towards the end of the movie where he's in the little cemetery plot where his wife Martha is buried and telling her he can't seem to find meaning in life. He can't find it in this war. He can't find it around the family table. And then the church bells peal. And uh, all of a sudden, he knows Martha is giving him his answer. He always took the family late to church. 
And uh, he did it this time. And this time, that boy that had been lost to him comes walking in. And there is a reunion and they sing the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And he comes to see it's a gift. It's all a gift. So that's one film. Uh, the other one is a movie that, that you might well be aware of. This is from Robert Emmons' book, Gratitude Works, as we get ready to go into uh, our own time of practicing gratitude. Uh, and this is about thinking is thinking. Musing about pleasant events or circumstances is often not enough to produce gratitude. Rather, how we think. Remember, their thinking became futile. How we think about these positive events may be the critical factor in whether we feel grateful. The important discovery was made by Tim Wilson and Dan Gilbert and their colleagues in a series of experiments that have come to be known as, and this is a thing in the social sciences, the George Bailey Effect. Virtually everybody's familiar with the Frank Capra classic 1940s film, It's a Wonderful Life. An angel named Clarence takes a suicidal George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, on a tour of George's world as it would have been if George had never been born. Rather than asking George to count his blessings, Clarence the angel allows him to observe a world in which those blessings never came about. This exercise forces George to realize just how rare and precious the good things in his life actually are which cures his despair. Research suggests this Christmas classic captures a useful psychological insight. Thinking about the ways in which an event might not have occurred make that event seem more surprising. One of the hallmarks of surprising events is that they elicit feelings, which is not the case when we encounter events or situations we take for granted or that have become routine. I mentioned earlier in this series, uh, G.K. Chesterton, who's kind of the patron saint of gratitude. One of the things that Chesterton wrote is that the world will never starve for want of wonders, but it will starve for want of wonder. And he would often talk about how certain things are immutable laws of reason. Two and two are four. We can't imagine that otherwise. But much else that is in our world is in the realm of imagination. We could easily imagine that trees would have leaves that are very different uh, colors or even bare things that are not fruit that would be strange and uh, fantastical things. In other words, Chesterton says, what we fail to do very often is to consider the mystery that there should be something rather than nothing. Surely it's more probable if secularism is all that there is, it's more probable that there would have been nothing at all, that there should be a world. That's staggering. And that there should be the world in which we live, where there is color and sound and sight and bodies and children are born. Uh, it's a staggering thing and the ancients knew enough to wonder at it. I sometimes think that part of the reason why the notion that perhaps we live in a multiverse rather than a universe where there are alternate worlds in which things are very different than they are here is that it gives secular people permission to wonder, to be in awe. But see, if our thinking is not to be futile, then it needs to lead to thinking.
It's not just that it's mysterious and marvelous and mystical. It's that it's good and it is a gift. And so I am much obliged to give thanks. And that is the delightful obligation. So we do that now. I want to invite you to begin to reflect for a few moments. If you have a gratitude journal, then you can pull that out if this is the time when you do that or get ready to do that. And this is what Emmons writes. In gratitude, we think about and affirm the good, but there are many ways to think about the good things in our lives and each may not have the same power to kindle grateful feelings. For this exercise, think about how a positive event or experience in your life might not have happened or might never have been part of your life. You can think of this as the more by less phenomenon, by taking something away in our minds. George Bailey, think if you had never been born. We become more aware of benefits that we still have, but previously took for granted. Mentally subtracting something good from your life can make you more grateful for it. One of the ways that I practiced this was to think about many years ago when I was in school and my teacher, Jerry Hawthorne, among a few others, challenged me, you should think about going to Fuller Seminary. And I did. And if I had not done that, I would not be here in California. I would not have met my wife, Nancy. We would not have had our children. I would have not met my friend, Rick Blackman. I would not have found mentors like David Hubbard or Lou Smeads or Max Dupree or Ian Pitt Watson or Sam Reeves. My life would have been impoverished in a million ways, all because of that one gift, which did not have to be. It could have been otherwise. So for you, what's the relationship? What's the opportunity? What's the experience? What's the place? Think about an aspect of your life for which you feel grateful. And then write about the ways in which this might never have happened. For example, uh, what would have happened if I had never met this person, as opposed to just what am I grateful for about this person? As our friend Quig used to say, we have a lot to be grateful for. Thanks for joining us. To receive the emails that go along with each video, visit becomenew.me slash subscribe. If you'd like a text alert whenever a new video is posted, text the word BECOME to the phone number 855-888-0444. You can send prayer requests to that number as well. To invite a friend, just share the link becomenew.me. We'll see you next time.